Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George, and I am joined by my two co-hosts named Liam. Hello. And Grant. Hi there. Each episode, one of the hosts or guests nominates an album they think is flawless, and we talk about why they love it, how they discovered it, and why they think it's flawless. Today is my day. It is George's day. Uh, yes, uh, it's my day. We don't have a guest. We're going back to the original OG trio uh, today on Flawless. And I am bringing, yet again, English folk to the fore. Because that's what I do, it turns out. Which Just I didn't realise until after I was like, oh, oh, it's another one. It is a slightly different kind of folk, though. It is. Yes. It yeah. is. And definitely. I'm also, once again, bringing the oldest record... Um, oldest produced record to the game. I noticed that as well. The Van Morrison album, I think, is oh, older. I think it's 1968. It? Oh, did it? Yeah, be? yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I By think a week or days, even. <laughs> no, that's like four years. Four years. No, yeah. Sorry, in terms of release. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. reviewing it. Yeah, uh, okay, so we're going to have enough. to go back to mid 60s if someone wants to break the Van Morrison Ooh, I'm record. Gonna, you know, I like I'm not a, ruling it out. I like a lot of 40s jazz. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but this is a short and sweet, beautiful English folk record from, as we said, 1972, 25th of February, and it is Pink Moon by Nick Drake. So I written and I saw it say was his third and final studio album before he sadly died aged 26. He was around 24 when he made this record. He sounds like an old wise man. He, the, the best sort of folky bluesy musicians always do sound wizened past their age, but he definitely does. He definitely does. I, yeah. When I listened as a kid, yeah, it was definitely like, oh, this is one of the old, guy, old guys that mm. my family are friends with. And it was like, Oh, no. He was a young man who died many, many years before I was born. Mm. Many. Wise beyond his years. Yes, sadly. Not, uh, not many, many years before Grant and I were born. No, I know, but not that far. <laughs> so I made a point. It's sure. fine. Uh, so this is a very pared back album. It was released on Island Records, who also um, release artists like U2, Ben Howard, PJ Harvey, Florence and the Machine, etc. So they're a big record label. Um, and it was produced by John Wood. Mm -hmm. So had either of you Liam, had you heard this record before? I own this record. <gasps> no. Oh, yeah. You are <laughs> you, you, you kidding. You didn't ask me because when you nominated the album, I went, yeah. And no one sort of said, oh, had you heard of it before? You guys well, just, I went, was you just took it in your sway. I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, no, I own this album. <laughs> Good. Um, that's amazing. So, I mean, how how did you guys discover? Well, so did you not? Please. I had not. You never I heard of Nick Drake? never heard of Nick Drake. Okay. Um, in fact, when you said Nick Drake, I thought 
Isn't there a current artist whose <laughs> name's Drake? Surely not, really. <laughs> the rapper? Forgive, I, I, no. I didn't yeah, no, I know much about no it. Not, here. I don't know much about it. George can nominate a rap album if she wants. I can, sure. and I will, but <laughs> they are not related. No. 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 I didn't think so when no. I started listening In to it. In style nor genetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whole number of things. Yes. Yes. This is true. So, yes, I hadn't heard, but what I did realise in listening to this album is that I too actually quite like British folk music, <laughs> which is awesome because I didn't actually know that until listening to this off the bat. So, no, I hadn't heard of Nick Drake before. Okay. But Liam, how long have you owned Pink Moon? Um, probably 10 years or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, so I discovered Nick Drake through Gomez. The band? The band, who we not will discuss at some point on the way. Yeah, not, not the... Adam's family <laughs> character. I was just checking. Um, so when Gomez played one of their great songs, uh, Free to Ride, Free to Run, one of those two, um, at one point during their live shows, Ben Otterwell, who's one of the singers of Gomez, started playing a little ditty on the front of it. And that ditty was Black Eyed Dog by Nick Drake, which is an amazing song. And Ben's voice is one of the few voices that could actually do it justice, and I think he does a really great version. Hmm. And so they, so he basically plays like the first. So Black Eyed Dog's like a two minute song, and he basically plays the first ninety seconds of it, and then because that's still just him, he can just flow straight into the rest of the song from there. So we saw him play it live, and it's like, ah, oh, that's a really cool little ditty that he's playing, but it's not a Gomez song. So here's some lyrics. Go home, Google lyrics. Ah, oh, this is Nick Drake. By that stage, all his albums were like ten dollar. Cheapos, so we were like, yep, yeah, we'll grab the one and sort of figured out which one was the one that seemed to be the most popular and that people talked about the most, which was Pink Moon. So we had Pink Moon, listened to it, didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, kind of liked it. It wasn't, didn't sound like Gomez, which I guess was the kind of thing you were hoping, you're hoping for with that sort of stuff. It's like, sure, yeah. I really hope I've just discovered the next Gomez. But yeah, so it was in my collection already and I'd listened to it sort of a handful of times. Oh, there you go. So you've got a nice story about getting into... Uh Nick Drake. 1970s English folk. Yeah, English yeah. folk. <laughs> By being into a 90s English indie band. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, who, incidentally, I've seen live and met. Nice. Gomez. It's very fine. Oh. Didn't meet Nick Drake, clearly. Uh, no. Though um, there is an artist called John Martin, who was a big famous artist, a folk, British folk artist. Um, and he wrote one of his most famous tunes. It's called Solid Air. And then he had an album called Solid Air and that was dedicated and about Nick Drake. Right. And John Martin was a family friend of ours. So it's just okay. like, it, I re didn't realise I was two degrees so like, yeah. from mm. Nick Drake. And I, I realised that when I was doing research. Where's your family there. friend Pardon? on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> I'm, well, I, I don't know if I can get in touch really. <laughs> I'm quite far. Yes, <laughs> it is. He, is, he would... It, we probably can't expect people to come from England just to be guests on the yet. podcast. Well, yet. yet. Yeah, that's true. In a little while. That's Every, everyone back the Patreon. If you if you back the Patreon for enough oh, money, yeah. we'll, go. we'll have enough money to fly people in from yeah, England. Yeah, I didn't What a wonderful segue. Yeah. That was so beautiful. It's <laughs> all right. We'll, do it, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll so. get it in post. Forget it. So Nick Drake's history, uh, before we get into the album, is that he uh, had been an artist and brought out two previous albums. Um, and so he was quite young. So he was like 19, 20 in the first one and then like 22 in the second one. Um, or like 21 at the second one. And then he didn't really do anything for a while. And he, the thing was he didn't like doing any publicity mm -hmm. and he didn't like doing any um, live shows yeah. or anything, which would kind of put a dampener on 
being your record label going, would be, we're yeah. investing this money Just in you recording. Yeah. And so it means that his albums didn't chart. No. Mm. His albums, he didn't have singles really, he didn't anything like wouldn't that. Done, I mean, he wasn't even that age, but he wouldn't have done videos. Wouldn't no. Have, yeah. Just no, he wouldn't have done it. And even um, by the time they did this album, he was looking so unwell from his lifestyle that they couldn't use a picture of him on the front cover, mm. which is why they had this, um, a friend of his sister's ended up doing this, painting this very Dali, Salvador Dali-esque mm. um, image and stuff. And they, they settled on that being the cover because he just called up John Wood and just went, um, I want to make another record. And he was like, uh, okay. And the context around it was, he was like, yeah, yeah, I've got the songs. I want to make another record. And so John Wood was like, well, oh, the studio's booked. Like, it's fu it's fully booked <laughs> at the moment. And he was like, but it, the last artist leaves at 11 p.m. if you want to come in then. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they get into the studio at 11 p.m. And he sits down and he records the first five, he records five tracks. Just him and his guitar mm. and a bit of piano. That was it. He, um, and John's like, so what, what stuff are we adding to this? And he was like, nothing. Yeah. It's just me and my guitar. Yep. And then a little bit of piano at the beginning. Mm. And then the next night it comes in, finishes the album. It takes it two off. Two days. So he records it. After two between sessions. Two, yeah, sessions, two sessions, 11 p.m. until whatever hour, in, early hour in the morning. He just sat and he played his guitar and he sang and he played a little bit of piano and he that was it. And it just needed a bit of tidying up before it was able to be released. Yeah. I mean, there's not a, like production-wise, there's not a lot you could even do. I mean, even if he wanted him to, yeah, there's not a lot you can do with that. Like it's pure and it's there, and it's definitely like the most stripped-back album that we've done so far for the podcast. Like mm -hmm. one man and one instrument, one and one extra instrument a couple of times, yeah. and that's it. So yeah, it's pared back. Talk to me about his lifestyle, that you. Yeah, so he was, reference. he's known and he's known now as being a romantic and troubled poet, and he's kind of. Um, in the hipster circles especially, he's held up and he was used, one of his songs was used in the Garden State uh, soundtrack, a song called One of These Things First from Brighter Later. So that kind of elevated elevated him because that was Natalie Portman and Zach Braff. Oh, yeah. That one. So um, loads of people suddenly got into Nick Drake, which is awesome for me because I'd known him, I'd listened to his album since I was a kid. Mm. I, I, I knew... He's got such a distinct voice. I knew from like miles away. I was like, "He listening to me, Drake." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know this one. Um, yeah, but it is very pared back. But he lived a weirdly solitary life and with really compartmentalized friendship groups. And that when he died, and for this is a trigger warning for users for our listeners, um, is around suicide and depression here. Um, he lived a life where he had depression and he was had been diagnosed at one point as schizophrenic um, and psychiatrists had prescribed him medication, but he didn't want to take them because he was scared of um, like the stigma around it and stuff. So he would, he was into smoking weed and maybe having a drink, but he was quite solitary and he would show up at his friend's doors having not seen them for three months and just say, I want to hang out and, but yeah. he would sit quietly in their house and not, and he'd play some music and he'd maybe smoke with them. And then he'd just sit there and lay on the couch for like two or three days. And then that was, that was it. And then he would disappear, and, disappear. and go to somebody else's place. So mm. He was obviously had a troubled mind of some description, um, but he, he's an English literature um, 
gra- uh, like graduate of Cambridge. So he had a very poetic mind yeah. and a very eloquent um, mind. So he that translates into his lyrics quite a lot. But he was, unfortunately, did have severe mental health problems. And that kind of came to an end when he took his own life with um, sleep, with an antidepressant used for sleep. And he just told his family that he just needed to go for a sleep. And that's unfortunately the end of his life when he was just 26. Mm. But he's not known to have had any sexual relations in his whole life. Um, He had people that he was close to, but he was never like he wasn't that kind of rock star, you know, going out, going, I'm an I'm an artist, Mm. you know screw me yeah um mm. he just had very emotional deep emotional connections and with them would disappear so um yeah people that he was close to would talk about him after his death and when when they were at his funeral there was all these pockets of people who had never met each other before who had no idea that they yeah. were all in his life mm. so it was, yeah he's a complicated man mm. i did what what i looked at um when i looked at wikipedia or one of the sites that made reference to, the, to him actually being quite sporty in the earlier in his earlier years, and then almost hitting university and sort of going, "Sucks to this, I'm not um, I'm not so keen on rugby anymore, or yeah. or anything like that," and sort of just found solace in in music and and maybe a bit of the drugs or whatever. So mm-hmm. I thought that was the interesting. You know, if he could have, you know, not had the drugs and taken the medication as he sh- as as was recommended, it, would he still be around? I mean, who knows? Well, questions. you never know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he. He did, um, he got into the music, but he was self-taught as well. Yeah. So he's a self-taught musician and deliberately made it hard for himself. You know how Jimi Hendrix taught himself like left-handed guitar, right-handed and stuff like that. So, um, but he, Nick was the kind of person who would apparently sit for hours and hours and hours just playing with different tuning learning different things different techniques of playing mm. and stuff and and just picked and, cho- and chose the right ones for the right time during yeah. the songs mm. so yeah he's a self-taught like i'm self-taught but i'm terrible <laughs> um yeah but my father was self-taught and he was great so it's not genetic mm. so so how did you discover nick then Oh, it just, was an, just a it was, CD. I mean, an album. Pardon me. It was me. LP when I was a kid. An LP that your dad already had. Yeah, LP. That was both, that. but it would have been my mother, I think, mainly, because um, yeah, both they were both in the folk scene. They were both in the music scene. Mm-hmm. They were both um, at some point they were professional musicians. So we had entire walls filled with just records wow. and mm. cassettes and CDs when that when CDs happened. But sure. yeah, like we, that was one thing. We weren't. We were pretty poor, but we. Uh, always had music in the house and instruments in mm. the house. That was a really big deal. So, mm. yeah, I was listening to Nick Drake when I was a kid. Like, yeah. Because I knew a lot of the stuff just from when I first listened to Nick Drake. I sort of did a, looked him up a little bit and obviously then again for the podcast. But I think of all the stuff that you've just described, if you just played an album to somebody, the album and nothing else, and then told them the stories, none of that would be a surprise. Like that, mm-hmm. that emotional undercurrent, that pain and the sorrow, even in the songs on the album that are slightly a little bit up or where he feels like he might, you can almost detect a note of hope or a glimmer of hope in there. Mm-hmm. It's short lived and it's still weighted down by, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, this sounds like exactly the kind of album that a person would produce when they've got all that stuff happening that you've just described there. But interestingly, um, the people closest to him mm. did say that he would, he only ever made music and was creative when he was on and up. Yes. Right. 
I read that too. Yeah. So they would it, say they were adamant like, about that yeah. in whatever right. research like, that I did. Yeah. Like he um yeah, he would create he was creative when he was on an app and producing when he was on an app and then um but use that time to reflect mm. I guess on all of the downward times and everything as as we'll find out in the album as we talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, so that's cool. Um, so there's usually we talk about what singles and mm-hmm. where it charted and everything, yes. but this album didn't. No singles and no charting. No, but it has been uh, put in various um, like best folk albums of all time yeah. or best British albums of all time or just best albums of all time since um, in various like publications like Enemy and stuff, but it's never charted. Yeah, I thought that they and didn't VW in America use mm-hmm. Pink Moon or something as yeah, well? Yeah, uh, no, they used. Um, yeah, yeah, they used Pink Moon um, in 1999. Yeah, um, wow. yeah, <laughs> uh, which is awesome, and it it was it changed how advertising was done as well because they got so much success from it mm. by using this like relatively unknown kind mm. of underground artist. Unknown, it suddenly. Sure. Loads of other companies were like, we want to be cool. We want to do that. So then you (laughs) you end up with Apple playing the Pixies and stuff like that. So, yeah. You you pick the song that matches the visual and the feel you're going for rather than we're going to play this song because we know everybody recognizes it and they're going to associate the song with our thing. And they'll destroy it, destroy that song for everyone. But, um, like, because I was looking through his Wikipedia page and I've got a list of all the songs that his all the things that his songs have now been used for in trailers and movies and stuff like mm. that. It's a really long list. They've used like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm really glad that, excuse me, I'm really glad that he got some sort of more recognition and success, but also I guess that's like Island Records and whoever owns the recordings just going, well, we've never really made any money out of this. So we need to sort of start, you know, more, you know, not in, everywhere anyone can u- <clears throat> use it, but allowing a few more people to use it. Yeah, it's pretty... I think it was. Um, it wasn't until the '80s that they went. Um, hold on a second. People like uh, REM and The Cure yeah. are citing Nick Drake as the reasons why they're making music. Jeez. And you're like, suddenly they were going, "We need to, um, uh, we need to release stuff again, and we need to make mm. it available." Like it never left their record catalog. They, yeah. they, they never. Mm like retired it from their catalog and in fact they did then re-release it um i think in like the 90s and 2000s Mm. and stuff because people wanted to hear it and and it was released like on cd and people like liam could buy it yeah there you go yeah in australia yeah Yeah. but we had like at home the original vinyl from when it came out like because he was part of the uk folk scene so Mm. it made sense that my folk family all had it which is pretty cool and something like 5,000 re- um, records. Yeah. Like total. Like, yeah. In his life. In his life. He's like yes. a typical art, like like painting artist. Yes. You know, they die a pauper Suffering. and their family have the estate. But yeah, uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it was desperately sad, uh, but he's been recognized ever since by a huge mm. amount of people. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Yeah. So um, side A was the first six tracks. Um, on the LP uh, so it, it didn't end on the instrumental it ended on um, Things Behind the Sun yep. Pink Moon that was the first track yeah. and it was the title track and it's, it always catches me every time I mm. it's on my shuffle or something yeah. like that so uh, as we say it's been used in an advert um, and it just 
so many people talked about him not keeping normal hours mm. and like just living a really disjointed life. It doesn't surprise me that he sings about the moon a lot. Yeah. And seeing it a lot. Mm. What did you think of the opening track? I liked it. Like a lot of the songs, um, so they were quite, they're all quite short. So there's like 11 songs in the album and it goes for 28 minutes. So a lot of the songs, they were, there might only be like five or six lines of lyrics. Like he'd just, he'd lock onto the line, I guess, that he, that connected to him and he didn't feel compelled to embellish it. And oh, I've got to, I've got to go verse chorus first and I've got to say something different here. And like if he, if he hit the line that he wanted to hit, he would just, he was just happy with that and would like loop lyrics and sort of sing the same line in a sort of a chorusy sort of thing. But yeah, sort of, I, was really impressed by like when I'm trying to look up stuff. It's like, oh yeah, this here's a song and here's the lyrics, and it's only actually four lines, and he's just repeated it or he's used it in such a way that's really different to what anyone else really does that much. Mm. It's like he treats the guitar and the voice equally. Yes, mm. yeah, his voice is amazing. Yeah, and he just it feels like he's got a really deep and that sorrowful voice, but it also doesn't feel like he's reaching hard to try and find it. Like mm. he. He's able to bring that at will. Like that's just the way that he sings. He doesn't have to try and stretch himself or push himself into that zone. He can just, this is how I sing. And it's just really soulful and deep the whole time. How about you, Grant? How did you feel about the opening of the album? Was it what you expected? Well, on the back of Drake and it's <laughs> not, and, and this is Nick Drake and this is 1972. Um, uh, I loved it, to be honest. I thought it was a great opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... We've spoken in, in in previous episodes about how there's if there's there needs to be something catchy or a level of intrigue mm-hmm. up front for me to you know prick my ears up and my ears were pricked. Yeah. So there's no he doesn't sort of build a slow build into no. the first song. It's just like this is right from the start. This is one man and his guitar, and you just know. Obviously, you don't realize until you listen to the whole album, but that's. That's what it's going to be mm. for the whole album. Get used to this because it's not going to, you know, it's not going to go up and down and like heavy and fast or slow or whatever. It's going to be just that for the whole thing. So it's really good. Like an intro is like, this is what I'm going to be. This is confident. straight up. Yeah. yeah. Really confident. Wow. Jeez. So cool. Really enjoyed it. Yay. Good opener. Yes. Um, yeah. So I would have, I would have picked Pink Moon and I would have picked the next song, Place to Be, as singles if I was choosing singles from the album. Like, I was just, like, mentally going, if I was putting this out now, what would I put? So a place to be is that reflection on youth, bearing in mind that he was, what, 24 at the time. And yeah. Like, he's either... Like back in those good projecting. old days. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, lyrically, I really love... When I was green. Where flowers grow and the sun shines still Now I'm darker than the deepest sea Just hand me down, give me a place to be And I found that really compelling and looking at his mental health during those years, but he mm. was still looking at... He's ma- he paints a picture. I swear he's a poet and he never claimed to be, but I just thought it was really beautiful. Yeah. Like just, and I guess, not, I guess kind of simple, but not simple as in basic, but just simple as in just really straightforward. Conceptually, but, yeah. Yeah, like not, 
twisting words to try and get to fit them into patterns or any of that sort of stuff. Like it just it's hard to explain. Not not basic, but simple as in just sort of simple and nice being, I guess, lame and also, you know, not quite covering that they're lame. actually quite haunting and dark. Nice <laughs> is a terrible word. It is. But yeah, it's just I guess straightforward, but still hinting at that stuff that's underneath. I really enjoyed Road. The third track, mm. I thought that was... Mm. Oh, the finger-picking at the for, beginning. For yeah. mine, I was like, geez, this really, um, really, that one re- really resonated with me. And take you can take a road that takes you to the stars and I can take a road wherever and visually I thought he painted a good picture as a poet on that one for mine mm. and what is awesome is okay so do either of you play guitar have I asked you this yes before? yeah I do yeah four chords to glory <laughs> <laughs> that's the way that's all right you can be in a punk band um, so I do some finger picking play like guitar like folk guitar playing mm. But I, I find it a real struggle to sing over the top of it. Yeah. Sing a melody that is different to, and the timing that is different to what I'm playing with my hat. Like, I'm just like, it's like packing my head and rubbing my tummy at the yeah. same time. I'm like, sometimes sure. it's a real struggle. Mm. Um, so in this one, it's just like his effortless playing. Um, conti- and then he just sings over. Yeah. He doesn't change. He doesn't go to strumming. No. He just continues playing this really intricate, beautiful, f- like, music. And mm. then doesn't um like like hesitate when he's singing over it so yeah it's pretty awesome there's, i'm not sure if it's this one or there's a couple of other ones i can never normally tell like i hate saying someone was influenced by someone because it's if they haven't said it themselves it's like if someone says to me i'm influenced by blah i'm like okay cool but if i hate saying oh you're so clearly influenced by blah <laughs> but the the way he plays acoustic is very reminiscent of paul dempsey who's my okay. favorite musician something for kate front guy when he does a lot of <laughs> solo stuff so the way he I can do... I don't think Nick Drake covered Paul Dempsey. No, no, the other way. The other way. Paul Dempsey is very clearly influenced in his playing. Like there's a few songs where he's playing finger plucking and strumming with two at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like so you're almost getting two parts out of a guitar. You're almost getting like a rhythm part and a, and a melody part in one hand. And Paul does that a bit in some of his solo songs. And it's just, it's amazing to hear it. Sometimes you think there's no way that this can be one hand. You can't be doing it with one hand it doesn't work but you know you, you practice it long enough and you you're inspired enough to to do it so and he was a this guy would sit in his room for days yeah just hammering the guitar playing mm. and new techniques and trying to be different mm. all the time like learning different and things. it suited him didn't it i mean that was yeah. part of it was almost his very essence yeah like, mm. that like he needed that guitar but yeah a lot of the time like the big wailing rock solos stuff where you're sort of moving your hand up and down the fretboard really quickly doesn't necessarily impress me as much but this sort of stuff where it's like 
more complex and doing different things with different parts of your hand at the same time. I mm. just it blows me away every time. That's cool. Yeah, the next one also had like the um, so which which will which will yeah mm. that had layered strums and picking yeah, on guitar. Yeah, might be the one well. I was thinking of. Um, and it had all of it was like questioning a partner, mm. which version of me or whatever. Yeah. Which, um, and then finally go, getting to. I don't know which way sweet and like a little love lawn poem to someone yeah, for someone who hasn't really had any romantic mm. or that we know of, didn't really have a lot of romantic relationships well he had multiple girlfriends yeah they all said we never slept together but we yeah. were like best girlfriends yeah we just yeah interesting yeah. and, and then, then there's horn such a complex man oh which yeah is, which is where i run into a little bit of a speed bump oh the oh. instrumental because it because it's not quite enough for me like there's like he it's playing that little melody have you guys heard um the first no i forgot what they're called jack black's band white stripes no jack that's jack white jack Jack white oh jack black oh yeah um (laughs) i'm just this is terrible on that so they're kind of like a comedy sort of rock band yeah comedy duo yeah yeah tenacious d oh yeah oh my god so on their on their first song, there's on their first album, there's a song where he's like, just play this one note over and over, and he does it, and he goes, and now bend it a little, so like you bend your finger on the fret mm. a little, and then he does it, and he's like, well, I've written a song, <laughs> and the other guy's like, that that's not a song, it's just one note. He's like, yeah, anyone, he's like, anyone could do that. Like, yeah, but they didn't. I did it. <laughs> like you didn't do anything. He's like, I told you to bend it a little. Ah, damn it. So he writes. So that uh, that this that song kind of brought that to mind for me. It was like he's. It was just a tenacious D. It was just in the little like (gasps) this brutal. This is I needed a little more. I needed a little more before you could call it a song. On Twitter, I hope you get lambasted by Nick Drake fans. I'm probably going to get lambasted by tenacious D fans. (laughs) Like you don't remember. That's fine. Well, it was only a minute twenty. It was yes. It was yeah. I needed. I needed was, a little. I, I thought needed it was a, a really more. beautiful instrument. I was thinking it's a beautiful instrumental. I'd like to walk down the aisle to. I've. I've <laughs> well, I wrote haunting instrumental. Haunting. Haunting. Did it get a tick? <laughs> well, we, that's, we'll get to that later. Yes, we can get to that later. <laughs> I'll cover my. For my, new, for new listeners, we have a tick system, and we all have different systems. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I I loved it. I was just to the point where I was like, listen to it a few times because you can because it's yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's really short. Uh, so it's super <laughs> short, but it was just like this nice little moment. And I liked it too. And he didn't try to turn it into anything more than it was. And then I was thinking, maybe I could walk down the aisle to Nick Drake. Um, so, yes. But then Things Behind the Sun, I really, really liked. Mm. And that's sort okay. of got, that's the longer song. And it's yeah. got more of that sort of different verses as it goes through. And then it ends, which is like one of my favorite lyrics on the album with. And the people around your head will say everything has been said. And I really love that. That was really cool. Just sort of being like being sent out into the rain. Like I think that's the last lyric of the side as well. Like it sort of ends as like that would be the point where you have to stop and it sort of really le- leaves you on that line. 
That's cool. And to also tie it back into Paul Dempsey again, one of their singles, some of Kate's singles, talks about um, you're not the first thing to think, you're not the first one to think that everything has been thought before. So when I saw that line about, yeah, people saying everything's been said, mm-hmm. that sort of came to mind again, is that idea of trying to find something new to, to say or to think or to be is like really hard and sometimes people feel compelled to try and be different, sort of stand out from the crowd. Well, this is where I found the lyrics that I found really uplifting because it kind of had ominous verses but that had some uplifting lyrics in it mm. and then like uplifting chorus and stuff But um, about just people being judgmental. But... Please beware of them that stare They'll only smile to see why you time away And once you've seen what they've been to When the earth just won't seem worth a night or a day Oh yeah, what I say And I thought, that's just really encouraging that would be sewn into a, a cushion yeah. on <laughs> someone you know it would be a meme well, in, in mm. very little in very tiny, tiny writing, writing <laughs> you know? no, very but like tiny i can writing. imagine it being like a meme that's shared between you know that between yeah. those people you know in high school on facebook and they're, they're like yeah do do this and not that i'm encouraging anyone to yeah. <laughs> do that to nick drake lyrics but uh, also love sometimes yeah. it's you could tattoo it as well it's like oh that those lyrics would be a great tattoo and then you realize you have to go across like your shoulder and most of your body and down, <laughs> down your left hand leg to try and fit it all in. This is true. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful. I want to tattoo it. No, it's too long. Like, it's too y- much. you know, Taylor Swift changed it with just just shake it off. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fair enough, you shortened it. But it, <laughs> Nick Drake made it a bit more poetic. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. So that, um, yeah, how did you, what do you think, Grant? I've lost which song think, we were on. Behind the Sun. Yes. No, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I was just looking at... Um, I'd moved on already to know, <laughs> and I've written here yeah, so good, so good. <laughs> so we're on side B now. Yeah. First yeah. track of side so B. So we got up. We got up. We changed the record yeah. over. It's yeah. A physical interaction wow. between things. Oh, it's such a good interaction. That was my whole friggin' childhood was changing records, changing records or like over. not being allowed to and having to watch someone else do it because I wasn't trusted. To yeah. Change it's always the most like the, a lot of the records that I have will only be like three songs, so it'll be like double LP and there'll be three songs aside. And that's too much. I, mean, uh. I, I just get annoyed. Then. If I have to change things over <laughs> three times in, in a 40-minute album, that's like, no. No. It's too hard. Okay, computers like that. Yeah. It's on, across I think Radiohead's one records. of the ones that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like that's live albums and stuff. is like, yeah. yeah, it'll be three songs aside. Because they, that's I guess it. now they capture it. They capture a lot more information than they used to for the mm-hmm. record, so they can't fit as much on one side. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, here's a double-sided album for its 40 minutes of music. It's like, it's too much. Mm. I buy a double-sided album when we put ours out in England and it was 20 minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, and so you had to play it in the wrong speed for the for a 12-inch, just so you right. could play it. I know. Like I, the, George just likes to mess with people. Yeah, yeah it, our entire band was messing with people. Yeah. Anyway, no. First track. Side B, thumbs up. Oh. No. So good. good right that so jazzy pizzicato just, guitar 
I love you. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. It almost it sounded just... like a bass line instead of a guitar mm. line. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, and he was humming the melody before he just did that one verse where he sang the melody. Yeah. And then you were about to like going, no, I like humming. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of waiting yeah. the first time I listened to that song. I was like, oh, you've done another like instrumental where it's just like a really basic melody all the way through it. But then paid off in like the, the later part of the song where he's yeah. like, no, 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 it's a full song. Still okay. a full song. But it's just, again, he's playing this like really complex, beautiful guitar. Yeah. And he's just, he's flipping between styles as well. Like there's some strumming in some, some tr- trad folk uh, finger picking in some, and then yeah. there's little hints of country in some, and this was a bit more jazzy. And it was just, he's flipping through it, but still keeping it on a path. Like yeah. you're not deviating too much. It's still well when he sings, you know. It's, yeah, it's him, is it? Mm. That's cool. Yeah, so it's just repeated simple lyrics is pretty sweet. And then um, back in when this was released, uh, the reviews. One of them was basically like the only decent song in the whole album is Parasite. Parasite. Right. Yeah. So forget it. It's a waste of space. So obviously no one bought it because um, yeah. that was like back then people really did read the reviews and you'd have to go and sit in a um, record store your listening with your experience headphones was and totally stuff. different. Huh? Yeah, you, I remember going into record stores when I was a kid and you'd have to, they'd have to put the record on for you and you'd put your headphones on to give it a preview mm. and you were allowed like up to 10 minutes to preview different tracks before you chose to buy it or not. I'm like, yeah. life is so different. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they only liked Parasite of all of them. I really like Parasite. Yeah, I thought that I like it too, had a real. The thing that struck me was the real delineation between the guitar line and the vocal melody. Like at no point in that song is he singing the melody of the guitar playing. It's just so completely different. Which would I can't play guitar. And I can you know I can barely sing. But I imagine that would be the hardest thing of all. Like it would be so much easier to just play the melody and sing to the melody mm. and to to separate them so completely and still be able to, to do both of them at the same time. It's just mind blowing. I yeah, I find it incredibly difficult. Yeah. But I'm not very confident. But um, <laughs> even when I was playing strumming stuff in a punk band, if I was singing things which were different, like harmonies and stuff, and playing music, it was just so hard. Or playing the bass in the other band was just so hard. And he's just nah, effortless. This yeah, is fine. It makes it, he it's three makes in the morning. Really easy. It's yeah, it's yeah, three in the morning. I'm going to record it probably in one take. We're done. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, thanks for recording an album sure. in yeah. basically a working day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. unreal. Eh? I know. So, Just that, yeah, Parasite, um, it's got, that's when his vocals are really like, only Nick Drake can sound like this. Yeah. Vocals. Um, and lyrically mirroring some of his lifestyles. I mentioned about him going from place to place and going seeing yeah. people and needing them and for a short while and then going to need someone else for a short while. And, and I think he mentions the Northern Line, which I was like, oh, it makes you so English. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, like, it's just like going down the steps to the Northern Line. Like, yep, done that before. Yeah. Uh, more than once. Um, but he, yeah. Take a hook, you may see me on the ground For I am the parasite of this town It's just like, aw, dude, (laughs) but you've made it so sound so like kind of up 
Yeah, you're not supposed to tag it. You're not supposed to identify yourself as the parasite or something. Like that's yeah. really depressing. This is true, but it's a really nice song though. Mm. Um, and in complete opposites, "Free Ride" uh, is the rare time that his voice and guitar match the melody completely. Yeah, mm. which is mm-hmm. like usually he doesn't, as we talked about. Mm. Um, and sometimes he's really extremely different. Uh, but it's the rare time that the vocals um, and guitar melody lines. Uh, and the whole rhythm and everything completely align. So l- lyrically, again, I found it similar to Parasite with the him just, but this time it felt almost like parents. Yeah. So he talked about pictures on the wall. Yes. Of all your, of all these people coming to the ball. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, like that feels like something you'd say about your parents with all your family photos up on the wall. And if you got married and blah, 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 this is what would happen. And yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm, definitely reading into it yeah. but, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> but that's i think that's the beauty of the imagery as well as if you don't jam it up with lots of words and being really specific then people can attach they can find their own imagery as they go and find their own sort of little bits of meaning if it's like a common experience that's true i did actually put in my notes that i love the fact that the moods and lyrics are open to interpretation and yeah their own meaning and stuff which is that sim- that simplicity of it is if you don't mm. Like what is it when you tell a lie? You're supposed to not go into too much detail. Is like mm-hmm. if you don't go, I walk down the three stairs and into the yellow hallway past the blue door. Then yeah. you just go, I come down the stairs, and everyone can go. Oh, I know what I know what that looks like in my head. Whereas yeah. if you're being too specific, then people they'll just see. You know, they won't be able to attach their own meaning to it. I just watched some watched something that they mentioned the same thing about lying. It can't be too detailed. Yeah. Because then you get caught out. That's and weird. Try that you and bring link as much truth into it as you yeah. can. Sure, I'm not a good liar. I don't do that. <laughs> We're changing the, changing the focus of the podcast. Sure, it's now this about is lying. That. Psychology <laughs> <Yeah>. of lying. <laughs> um, yes. And then honest breed. So he's moved into a different guitar style. Harvest breed. Harvest, Harvest breed. breed. Yeah. Oh my God, my, my ha- handwriting. Of handwritten notes. My handwriting is so <laughs> poor. I can't even. I just and I wrote it on a. Like on my duvet, so it's just your enthusiasm, that's all. My yes. enthusiasm, it was because because all the songs are so short, I can't get my notes in and cook it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he had a different guitar style again, and he managed to make a really full sound mm. with just him and a guitar. That was it, and it was just a, so. It's not at no point did I go. Oh, I wish he just had some strings. Yeah, no. It would, mm. wouldn't work. That's why yeah. I couldn't have picked his earlier albums because they were quite busy. Yeah. Some of the songs are really busy um, and had electric music instruments in it. And like, Did your folks have the earlier albums? Had all of them. Because well? yeah, yeah. that was one of the things that I read, which I found crazy. So Jerry Gilbert, who had conducted the only known interview with Drake the previous year and had been his, been his biggest champion up to that point, was disappointed with Pink Moon. And he said, quote, the album consists entirely of Nick's guitar, voice and piano and features all the usual characteristics without ever matching up to Brighter Later. One has to accept that Nick's songs necessarily require further augmentation for while his own accompaniments are good, the songs are not sufficiently strong to stand up without any embroidery at all. I don't, I don't know who Jerry Gilbert is, but I, I call, my, I call my estimation has d- dropped, of him has dropped significantly. Like there's no These songs don't need anything. No. And the idea that the first two albums have more doesn't make me want to listen to them like if, if i knew he had three albums like this i'd be like oh i really want to hear the other ones but knowing that they're more layers and more song probably you know mm-hmm. band or whatever else there is in there just makes me go oh okay well i think maybe he's you know this is peak and i don't really want to go back and listen to much of the other stuff well if you go through the other two you can pick out certain songs so I've, i think i made a playlist once where i just picked out 
certain ones that I liked, like the one from Garden State and stuff. And I was like, yeah, these are really pretty. And I put those in and they're in the Pink Moon kind of vein. Yeah. yeah. So you can do that. Do you want yeah. to make, shall I make you a playlist? Yeah, yeah. Do that and we'll share it with everybody. Okay, cool. Oh God, I've got homework. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. That's fine. Um, so, and then we move into the final track. So it's only 11 tracks. Uh, from the morning. So this was a really optimistic ending, to mm. which I did not expect. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, hello. It's a little, You're still tinged, not, not, not actually oh, yeah. up, but yeah, oh, but up, by, for, up for up him. Up for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in relative terms, this is yeah, I know. Yeah. up there. He, he puts emos to shame, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. Just saying. Like, um, yeah, so it's got sweet, uh, from a guitarist's perspective, it's got these unexpected notes in the layers that he's finger picking that have this kind of country twang that you he doesn't use in any of the other songs. And uh, so he's using different scales to do it to write this one, and mm. it's really nice. And you mm. just you can just hear the little ones pinging out in the background, and you're like, oh, it's almost a little bit like in the country vein, bluegrass maybe, mm-hmm. rather than being straight folk, which is what most of it has been so far. So, yeah, it's been. Uh, especially with the picking and stuff, it was like quite sweet to get a little bit of like a nod to bluegrass or something at the very mm. end. What yeah, do you I liked think? it. I really liked it. Got the double tick and we all know that doesn't yeah, come doesn't easy. Oh, I thought we often. weren't talking about that yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're going to get there soon enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> that one is the last song, Two Ticks from Grant's Side. Two Ticks from Grant. Dumb. Yeah, like it's a really nice way like it's to end the album. It's different enough without being like a different style or whatever and – yeah, I've talked on the podcast before about how I think that a good last track is really important and this one, yeah, really ticked it. It's true. And it's got the lyrics. Uh, I think these are the final lyrics of the song, of the album. So look, see the sights, the endless summer nights and go play the game that you learned from the morning. Which I thought was a really nice little thing, mm. like a little way to mm. end it. So. Yeah. so yeah, so as I said before, like he's been an influence on so many people but he was an influence on me as a guitarist nice. when i was teaching myself guitar and doing finger picking and everything else like i do it wrong you didn't you can say you didn't want to pick someone a little easier to start no, <laughs> oh, oh no i did i think i was playing deftones uh, yeah. to begin with and actually you yeah. know counting crows was my first oh uh, yeah you yeah. remember you that too yeah yeah so i was learning counting crows mm, and yeah yeah and moved into but when i wanted to get a bit more folky and finger picking and stuff like mm. nick drake's one of the people i would listen to i could not replicate yeah i would be inspired by yeah uh, but couldn't uh, it's like yeah trying to paint from a photo in a different room yeah, so sure. um <laughs> it was really it's very beautiful but he's it just the guitar is perfect and yeah. then his lyrics are open to interpretation and his voice is everything it's supposed to be yeah. and i'm just sad that we didn't get more and i mm. bet it was all the one guitar as well like i I didn't feel like he was like, oh, I've got eight different guitars and I'm going to, you know, pick the one. Like he was just like, this is what I do with a guitar. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty certain he showed up at the studio with his guitar in a hard case and just went, oh, and there's a piano there and he taught himself piano too. So he was like, I'm just going to play a little bit of piano. Why not? Yeah. In two nights. Just record a record. In two nights. It's unreal. Making everybody else look bad. Like all these, oh, we spent months in the studio Mm. and we we cost us millions of dollars of studio time to do all this stuff. We tried five studios first. Yeah. Have you tried one dude in a guitar? Yeah, just, that's true. Just rock up and you'll be fine. 
So um, what was your final like thoughts? We're not at the we're not at that point yet. Not at that point. Final thoughts. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned that we'd like to mention, Grant? No, I think I echo your sentiments in relation to um, it's sad. Like I listened to this album and I was very intrigued and excited to get on the net and and find out what's this guy up to. How come I haven't heard of him, you know, before, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you read, you know, what he what he was about, and it's you know, it's just a it is a pity, and the world's a poorer place for not having more of Nick Drake's music out there. Mm. What I can say. I'm pretty certain people like Bright Eyes wouldn't exist yeah. without Nick Drake. Yeah. Like, it's just not possible. For, yeah. Because it, he opened up the door to be a stripped back bear acoustic guitar and a person mm. in a room mm. overnight. Yeah. And making right. He, um, he did start writing a new record and recording a new record yeah. after, um, after this, but sometime after this. And then. Um, I think they actually did record four other songs. Okay. So I don't know if they're online, so I'll go and see I if I thought can find I saw a couple of extra yeah. on um, on Apple Music. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So we can find we can find those little mm. little ditties and see what happened. But yeah. Okay, so uh the important thing, the reason George, why we're here. Your final pitch. Oh, oh my final pitch. Uh, to make flawless yes or no, your your Oh, okay. Yeah. Um I thought I did that before I spoke to you, that's fine dictate well <laughs> since this uh this podcast is potentially twice the length than the album yeah. <laughs> in time um i think this is a really succinct beautiful album that doesn't have anything in it that you can just pick up and take out and throw away mm-hmm. like you know how like that like you go through albums and there's loads of filler and whereas here i i can just put this on repeat and feel comfortable for like hours and hours and hours whereas some things i get to like listening to once or twice and go oh no i'm done i'm done with that now um and even my partner who as we've discussed doesn't know anything really about music will go is this nick drake <laughs> whenever he comes <laughs> and on you know your work is done yeah, yeah. i know I'm, I'm like this is pretty but he's got a pretty distinct sound hasn't yeah. he so um it's sad that this was the final full record mm. um before he passed away um but I think this is a really beautiful look into him and his art. So my pitch is that it's a perfectly wrapped up in a bow folk record with intricate guitar and a dulcet tones of an incredibly talented poet. Awesome. So I that's why I brought it to the yeah. fore and claimed it as a flawless record. Now, which of you gentlemen would like to go next? After you, Grant. After me. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Hey, Grant. All right. Um, having not heard this guy at all um, about him or um, or not necessarily even being aware of my affinity for uh, British folk rock, um, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was an excellent album. If, if I was to be negative, I would say it could have been a bit longer. I thought mm. it was a bit short. But I think it's flawless and I'm happy to say I've listened to it a number of occasions I think it's really really good um and did, did you sit on the deck with Emma I didn't oh she was away she was away this weekend so I listened to this the first time um late last week or middle of last week and I was blown away 
and I asked my stepdad if he'd ever heard of Nick Drake. I asked Emma if she'd ever heard of Nick Drake, and I felt lonely in the world. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because people who I thought knew music hadn't heard of him. Yeah, um, and uh, listened to it again a couple of times at the weekend and on Sunday uh, last night. Emma heard this album for the first time and I'd already made up my mind as I'm allowed to do when Emma's away <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she said that she said it was flawless on, on off her own bat so we should I, bring her in more often well <laughs> look you know she's got good taste in music at least so and husband um well, well thank you thank you so much <laughs> uh so yeah I, I think it's it's flawless there's there's ticks for for the for the listeners and <laughs> even some double ticks, but uh, and yeah, it was great. So thank you for bringing it. Cool. No okay. Problems. Over to me. Over to you. Um, so I won't keep anybody in suspense, and I'll say yes that I do think it's. Flawless. Oh, um, yes. I've already aired my only grievance, which is that um, road doesn't road no, no. horn no. horn, horn sorry isn't there's not enough to it, and that's that's a ridiculous reason not to think an album's flawless. Like it's a cool melody. I just wish it was longer and it was fleshed out. But sneaky, sneaky. I know. Yeah, it's like, totally like oh, he's totally not. Yeah. yeah. Like thought, that. That would be like it's. I like that song, and I just wish there was more of it and more to it, which is not like. So if you wanted to be, is everything absolutely one hundred percent perfect? No, but is it flawless because you can't take anything out, and it's an emotional connection, and it's. An amazing piece of music, an amazing as an album, it's an amazing construction and awesome lyrics and everything, and it does what it's supposed to do. Like you take an album on its own merits, then yeah, absolutely. And you can't, you, it's not skippable because it's only a minute twenty three anyway. So <laughs> if, if you were really, really bummed, oh. right, you wouldn't skip it because it's like it's it'll be gone. No, if it's on so, an LP, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it wasn't worth the effort. So yeah, no, well, I thought it was really great, cover to cover. Short, like not saying all short albums are great, but I love a short album that just does its thing. It doesn't feel needs to be embellished or all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I thought, yes, flawless. So congratulations, George. <laughs> well done, George. Congratulations, uh, England and English folk <laughs> in general. Yeah, yes. no, Because we, we have our second with just the three of us. Yes, only our second one and both of them have gone to George. So potentially we need to sort we, out. We, we need to up our game. This is And just maybe <laughs> deny her. Oh yeah, right. Next yeah, album, yeah. Just no, say yeah, yeah. Between it's, the two it's of definitely us. about evening scores. Correct, right? yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's not about the benefits it's of listeners. No, no, it's about spite. No, spite. What a wonderful yeah. emotion. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now we can pop Laura Marling and Nick Drake into the British folk bucket uh, that I win with. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it's about winning. It is uh, the W. Yes. Um, now Liam's going to mention our Patreon. Yes, so we are very excited to have launched our new Patreon. We don't have any. Uh, followers on it yet but if you want to head over to patreon if you want to support us if you can that's really great obviously no compulsion that you have to but uh you can follow us you can back us there from as little as from a dollar a month so and then at five dollars and ten dollars there are um extra benefits so you, we've got like a closed facebook group we'll have some bonus content for people uh you'll get some little sneak preview of the albums coming up and uh if you want to tell us what you think about those albums we will read out your thoughts on the podcast um, and, and if you're cool. in Brisbane, Liam might even take you for dinner. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. There, there's, a lev- there's a backer level that isn't quite in the Patreon yet that that would require. So, All yeah. right, so tell, tell, us in the, tell us in the comments yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what you'd need. Yeah. Feedback welcome. Yes. So, yes, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because we are so on it. Uh, and it's Flawless AMP. 
standing for a music podcast on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our post, give us a rating. Every little bit um, helps us and helps other music lovers to find us. As mentioned, the Patreon, (laughs) patreon.com slash flawlessamp if you want to come and back us and hang out. And thanks again for listening. Thanks again, guys, for making me win. (laughs) Uh, Well done. And we will see you next time. Look, see the sights The endless summer nights Go play the game that you love